Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode, I'm going to touch on some mistakes I made when I started training and getting into the gym and getting into trying to build muscle. And the reason I make this episode is just due to the fact that I believe if I didn't make some of the mistakes I made when I first started, I could be well, like further along in my fitness journey. And I see the same people make the same mistakes uh, and just making this video can hopefully save you that experience that I needed to maybe find out that I was doing these things wrong and that I could potentially have room for improvement in these areas. And as a result, get more out of my progress in the gym. So the first one, it's not exciting, it's not fun, it's not uh, something that is very glamorous, but it's just sleeping well. So something I'd done was just didn't really emphasize or make the most of my sleep when it came to training. I kind of neglected it. Like I'd get up before college and go to the gym early. I do like the whole the whole thing of like getting up and training early. I like a, it was a good start to my day. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the routine aspect and it just felt good being up nice and early and getting your session ticked off, having a shower and being nice and fresh and like having your day started like strong. But the thing is although I let's say got up early and had my session ticked off when I wasn't, let's say, tired after a whole day of college and then working, etc. The downside of that is I didn't have a good sleep duration. So my sleep was poorer and at times I just fell asleep during the day, like after college, just due to being that tired. So in theory, yes, it was good being able to train first thing. I enjoyed the kind of the routine aspect, but at the same time, I probably could have got more out of my sessions if, let's say, I prioritised my sleep. So in terms of your sleep, it's got a massive impact in your ability to perform during sessions and also your ability to recover. And it's something very important to maximise. So if you're just getting started, what I'd say is in regards to your sleep, some good basics to try and ensure you've got in place is try and get your sleep and wake time as consistent as possible. So the time you get up, the time you go to bed, Try and make that as similar as you can. So if just find what schedule works for you, there's not a specific time that's best to go to bed, but try and have some structure and rigidity with it because your body thrives off routine because you've got something called a circadian rhythm. So if you can, let's say, get to bed at 10 and wake up at 6, that would be magic, or 11 and 7, something like that. But Try and make sure, first of all, you've got routine in terms of when you get up and go to bed. And try and keep this on the weekend if you can. So I appreciate like you want to enjoy your weekend, etc. But if, let's say, you aren't going out or you don't have any social events that mean you're up late, then there's no reason why you can't just wind down and relax and watch a film earlier in the day and then get to sleep at your usual time instead of, let's say, staying up and like going to bed four hours later than you usually do because everyone's had the time when let's say they wake up early because they're used to waking up early or they try and get sleep earlier than usual and they can't and that's just due to your body once it's in a routine it releases hormones like uh, cortisol in the morning so you're alert so it may do that when you're still sleeping which can potentially wake you up from a good sleep and you may let's say release things like melatonin and serotonin which help you sleep and stay asleep uh, at night and then basically you're not asleep during that period so you're not making most of that hormone release and you're staying up later than you need to and then you're missing out on good sleep quality if that makes sense 
and yeah something else you can do as well as getting sleep waking up at the same time is just your sleep duration so trying to shoot from anywhere from seven to nine hours if you can get closer to nine that would probably be better for most individuals and as well as that making sure your room's nice and dark so basically without overcomplicating it when you see light your body thinks it's daytime so if you're exposed to light during the night like if you sleep with your blinds open your bed bedroom light on uh you'd have to be crazy to do that that's just weird but i think you get the drift if you let's say do that your body will think right i should be awake right now so the reason being is you've got photoreceptors in your eyes that are sensitive to light so if you can sleep in a pitch dark environment then that would be perfect and like i said that's just going to improve your sleep quality so you're not limited to bright light and blue light which both impact your ability to sleep and produce things like melatonin which help you sleep and the next thing i or the next mistake i made in regards to training is thinking more is better so when it comes to training what's good to remember is load is the main driver of muscle growth what's not the main driver of muscle growth is doing more sets or doing more reps or like being even more tired after your session or being or getting a sweat on they don't cause muscle growth what causes muscle growth is load that's the main driver so that's what we should prioritize if it was let's say doing more sets or doing more reps or contracting your muscle more then endurance runners would be massive because they contract their muscles an awful lot more than us but it's not about just lifting weight it's not just about doing reps it's about prioritizing load mechanical tension in other words because that's shown to be the main driver of muscle growth especially towards the start because towards the start we don't want to be doing anything that's like gonna diminish our performance for the whole session for example i wouldn't recommend going in to the legs and doing a double drop set of walking lunges before doing let's say squats and leg press because your squats and leg press will just go completely downhill in terms of your performance so if you are doing any high intensity techniques or want to do like some ridiculous sets just for the fun of it or drop sets super sets and uh anything of that sort then do it at the end the later half of your session because that's going to allow you to shuttle a lot of blood and nutrients in your muscle which can potentially be good for muscle growth it will allow you to just finish your muscle off basically just batter it because it sometimes it is nice feeling like you've just left it all on the table uh, but not interfere with your ability to apply progressive overload which is just apply more load if that makes sense so yeah don't always think more is better what is better is lifting more load with good form because that's the main driver of muscle growth and then you can make sure you're getting enough volume in and do let's say high intensity techniques at the later half of your session but i wouldn't recommend doing so at the start so something else i believe i could have done better is log booking so log booking is a great accountability tool if let's say you are ticking all your boxes then you will progress your sets uh, whereas if you're not the logbook holds your holds you accountable to not ticking your boxes outside the gym which is the real benefit of it so it keeps you accountable to training hard applying progressive overload and if something's not in a good spot you'll be able to see for example if you're not progressing a movement for three weeks you can then look at your logbook see that assess it then assess why you're potentially not progressing it and then from there change something if it's changing that movement or making sure you're staying on top of your sleep because your sleep's been poor or eating more food because you're not eating enough for your body weight to gradually increase but your logbook allows you to assess that and know what to do it also saves you spinning your wheels and 
like if you're doing a set of let's say squats like barbell back squats doing a set of 100 for eight or 100 for nine they're both hard but if let's say you got 100 for eight last week it shows right if you want to progress that you need to get another so it does reinforce just having a good training intensity because if ever if let's say you have ticked all your boxes outside the gym and everything's set up for you to do well in the gym but you don't progress the set it's most likely just your effort not being there unless the exercise is stalled but it keeps you accountable to just pushing yourself and making sure you are progressing because if you're logging your sets and you're definitely progressing with good form and keeping your form the same on a weekly basis but doing more reps in regards to the like what movements you're doing then you're going to be applying progressive overload, which will force your muscle to grow because that's the main driver of muscle growth, like I said. Uh, so common trend here is prioritizing performance, prioritizing getting stronger with good form. I didn't actually plan it to be this way, but all three points, sleeping good think and not thinking more is better and making sure you logbook all go hand in hand in terms of prioritizing load and uh, also like not spinning your wheels in terms of just doing things for the sake of it so that's quite funny that like i didn't i didn't even plan that but they all point towards the same thing really and that just emphasizes the importance of it and next up is neglecting deadlifts so in terms of deadlifts not that you can't build muscle without them however i do think they are valuable and i do think they have their place in the gym and the reason being is deadlifts can have the ability to grow your glutes your hamstrings can be great movement for doing so and also your back uh, in particular your erectors and your overall upper back thickness so it doesn't have to be let's say a conventional deadlift that's not what i mean by deadlift uh, by neglecting deadlifts i mean neglecting a deadlift variation in other words so that could be a remaining deadlift a stiff leg deadlift it could be a conventional uh, i don't think the conventional deadlift is the best for muscle growth as well as a sumo deadlift, but I'll get to that in maybe a, another episode, which is a good idea. Uh, so yeah, but for the most part, just getting strong at any deadlift variation will be better than just missing it out at all. Uh, but yeah, maybe like like I said, a stiff leg and RDL is a good place to start. And the reason being is it builds a good foundation in, in regards to your physique. Like if you can get strong at a deadlift, it will help in terms of your ability to maintain a neutral spine when doing let's say bent over rows it will help in terms of just knowing how to fix like issues in regards to your form because if you can nail the form during a deadlift it transfers over to quite a few other movements like i said and also i do think you can just tell when someone deadlifts like if you can get really strong at a deadlift i think you can see a big difference in how your back looks in terms of its muscularity its thickness so I do think it's a very good movement to try and get good at and try and master in regards to training in the gym. And uh, yeah, so it doesn't have to be like your one rep max when it comes to the deadlift, just like in the rep range for hypertrophy, like or for building muscle, if that's your goal anyway, like it doesn't make sense to really be one rep maxing every single week if your goal is to build muscle. So make sure you're doing it in a rep range that you feel safe and you feel is effective in terms of building muscle. Uh, so you get the most out of it and you're not just wasting your time because they can be very fatiguing so you want to get something from them you don't just want to do them for the sake of it if that makes sense but yeah i think uh, i could have been further along if i didn't neglect deadlifts and i've made sure i put them in my program next thing is warming up ineffectively so this is something else i believe i could have done a lot better so 
when let's say I warmed up in the gym, I didn't like taper my reps down as the load progressed. What I mean by this is as I let's say started lifting heavier and heavier, let's say I was bench pressing 100 kilograms, I basically did 20 kilograms, 40 kilograms, 60, then 80 in terms of my warm ups. But instead of doing less reps as the weight got heavier, I would stay the reps the same. So, what I mean by this is I'd do 20 kilograms times 10. And then I'd do 40, 60, 80, all for 10 reps. And the problem with this lies is doing 20 kilograms, so just the bar for 10 reps, if you're, if your working set or your hard set is 100 kilograms, isn't going to really interfere with your ability to perform much because 20 kilograms in the grand scheme of things is not a lot at all. That's 20% of your working set weight. So there's no problems doing so. Whereas if you get to 40, 60, 80, if you're doing 80 kilograms for 10, that's not that hard. Sorry, that's not that easy if your max for like I said is 100. That's quite close to your max. So that's going to fatigue you while having not a lot of benefit from muscle growth. So what our goal is when it comes to warming up is warming up in the most efficient way possible so that we can perform well by the time we get to our working set, but not take away from, yeah, so we can perform well safely on our working set and if let's say we're doing 10 reps for each warm-up yes we're gonna be nice and safe because we warmed up plenty but the downside of that is we've took away from potential performance from our working set from just doing a bunch of junk volume while warming up while on the other hand if let's say you taper your reps down as your warm-up so instead of doing 10 reps for each warm-up you let's say do 20 for 10 reps you do 40 for six reps you do maybe 60 for four reps then you do 80 for two reps and then you do your working set you'll become accustomed and used to lifting the load but you won't fatigue yourself which will as a result impact your ability to perform when it comes to your heavy set so there you get the best of both worlds you're nice and safe when it comes to your warm-up set you're used to handling loads that are similar to your working set weight uh, and you're used to the movement pattern but you've not fatigued yourself and you're not going to impact your ability to perform when it comes to your last set which like i said is not something we want because it doesn't matter how much reps you do in your warm-up they're probably not going to build muscle let's be honest so we want to prioritize uh, how we're gonna perform in our hard set so next is getting carried away with load so sometimes it's easy to just chase the logbook so that's a problem with logbooking your lifts sometimes with logbooking you can just think more weight's better and just get carried away and just try and lift more for the sake of lifting more when you're not prioritizing the things that need prioritized so it's good to know that what builds muscle isn't lifting more weight on its own for example if let's say you are we'll, we'll stick with bench pressing because i just t talked about that if let's say you go from benching 100 kilograms for nine reps, you do a three second loading phase, you pause it on your chest, then you drive up, focusing on driving your elbows in, you have a slight arch, but not a massive arch. Then if you go from doing that to then let's say bouncing the bar off your chest, you have a massive arch, you don't pause at the bottom, you don't focus on driving your elbows in, and you use a lot of momentum and your butt lifts off the bench. That's you decreasing the range of motion you're taking the bar through. That's you not controlling the loading phase. You're probably not actually lifting the weight 
for the first quarter of the movement because you're just bouncing it off your chest. You're probably just using momentum. So even if, let's say, you do the second option with 10 kilograms more, that's not going to be a set superior for muscle growth. That's going to be a set superior for feeling your ego. And the reason why it's not going to be superior for muscle growth is this is basically just going to mean you're lifting more for the sake of it because you're not actually putting more stress on your chest if you're not controlling it with your chest for the first half. You're not going to be putting more stress for your chest if you're not controlling the lowering phase or if you're not focusing on driving the elbows in, which will usually help you work your chest. And if you're doing less range of motion, you're getting less of a stretch in your pecs or in your chest, which is where we build muscle best. So that's why we're not, let's say, going to benefit from lifting more just for the sake of it. What will benefit us is keeping form exactly the same and then progressing mode when we get stronger and trying to get stronger with the same form. And also making sure we're not getting carried away with form will mean you are going to stay as injury free as you can. If you keep form nice and controlled, you're less likely to pull anything, hurt anything, and run into aches and pains. And this will basically allow us to build muscle best. And we also build muscle best in the middle and lengthened range of a muscle's length, which means when a muscle's in the middle of its range and when it's stretched, we can build muscle best. That's where research shows we can build muscle best. Uh, so what this means is we shouldn't be just squatting halfway down if we can get more range pain-free and we've got the ability to do so, then we should keep going down and try and get as much knee flexion as possible during a squat or as much bend in our legs. And that means during a bicep curl, you should try and do it as through large range of motion as or a large range of motion as you possibly can with tension still in your bicep so that we can build our bicep more effectively. Same applies for all other muscle groups. For example, it means you should go as large a range of motion as you comfortably can during, let's say, a, a Romanian deadlift, or you should go as, or you should stretch as far as you can when training your upper back, for example. So yeah, basically we want to take everything through as large a range of motion as we comfortably can while the weight stays on the target muscle. So that's something to remember. For example, if we're training our back or any other muscle group, but we can we can let's say go lower or let the let the bar stretch ours up during let's say a lap pull down. But is the weight going to still be on your lats if you stretch yourself up even further? That's something to consider. And what using less load and taking movement through a larger range of motion will also do is give us a better stimulus to fatigue ratio. And the reason being is we'll be lifting less load, which will mean less fatigue central nervous system fatigue because the more load we lift the more fatigue uh, exercise generates so if we can pick lifts or do lifts through a really large range of motion with less weight but let's say cause just as much stress on the target muscle or more stress on the target muscle most likely more stress if you're taking the target muscle through more range of motion then what's that going to result in a better stimulus a better stress on the target muscle and with taking an exercise for a larger range of motion with more control, you're going to be lifting less, lifting less load, which will mean less fatigue. If you've ever like leg pressed a ton of weight, maybe with let's say poor depth because you weren't aware that you should potentially use more range of motion, or you ever done rack pulls, you feel wrecked after them. That's central nervous system fatigue, 
but you might not feel wrecked in terms of your muscle. You might just feel wrecked in terms of like energy wise and how you feel that central nervous system fatigue, which can impact your performance. We want to limit it. So that's why we want a good stimulus to fatigue ratio from an exercise. This is something I learned from Mike Hirschertel, which puts out a lot of great content. Uh, so yeah, he, there are some mistakes I made when I started. So again, I'll just go over them quickly. First one, sleeping poor. Next, thinking more is better in terms of the amount of sets I've done in the gym. Third mistake, not log booking. Fourth, neglecting deadlifts. Next up, warming up inefficiently, then getting carried away with load. So hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you did, please feel free to like, subscribe, share it on your story, leave a rating and review. Any support is always greatly appreciated. And then let me know if you enjoy the podcast and if you want in me to, let's say, cover any topics or that sort of thing. Greatly appreciate everyone's time. Hope you have a great morning, evening, afternoon, weekend, weekday, whenever you're watching or listening to this. And see you next time.